This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. In the New York Times, I encourage you to check out online, the headline, The Day the Music Burned. It was the biggest disaster in the history of the music business and almost nobody knew about it. It's the untold story of a fire that took place at Universal Studios Hollywood 11 years ago that burned up some of the master tape recordings of some of the most iconic artists in American history. And I'm talking classic jazz artists from yesteryear and and a lot of uh, modern artists as well. Incredible story. Let's check in now with Canadian press entertainment reporter David Friend. He uh, writes about pop culture, music, film, TV, social media for Canada's National News Agency. I'm very pleased to welcome him back to the show. Hi, David. Hi. Thanks for coming on. I found out about this story by following you on Twitter, which I encourage people to do. Um, and this was an amazing story. So let, let's talk about this, David. It's some amazing reporting here by the New York Times. When did this fire happen? It was back June 1st. 2008. So I, I would imagine most people have probably long forgotten about it. But if you think back, you might remember the headlines because um, this fire was what destroyed the famous set that's featured in Back to the Future, sort of a Times Square space. Um, it's a part of the Universal Studios lot tour for decades. Um, I swung by there many times back, back in the mid-2000s. Yeah, I think I remember visiting there once uh, as well on a, on a little vacation. And yeah, people might vaguely remember that fire. Um, now we're finding out more about what happened here. What did, what did was said by officials at the time of this fire? I mean, they did say that stuff, that some stuff was damaged, but now we're finding out the extent 11 years later of how much was lost here. But what did they say at the time of the fire? Back then, they were highlighting the fact that it destroyed the King Kong uh, exhibit, basically part of the studio backlot tour would sort of ride through the space where King Kong would emerge from some buildings and sort of taunt you in your, in your little streetcar before you moved on to the next stop. Um, so that was one of the highlights uh, that grabbed headlines at the time. And then Universal also acknowledged that what they said were a lot of uh, copies of films that were distributed to film festivals, for example, uh, you know, older prints of classic movies, they were lost. So the perception from a lot of people um, and, and from reporters at the time was that, you know, the damage wasn't huge, of course, it, you know, artistically speaking. Uh, so it kind of right. faded away after that. <laughs> right. And now we're discovering that a lot more was lost in this fire than most people knew, including some of the master tape recordings of iconic artists. I mean, you talk about modern artists like Elton John, uh, Joni Mitchell, the uh, Soundgarden, Nirvana, but also going back into like these are the giants, the Canadian j- or American jazz artists like Louis Armstrong, Duke Ellington. Ella Fitzgerald, I mean, Billy Holiday, my goodness. I mean, these master recordings burned up in this fire. Have a little listen to this now, David. We put together a little short montage of some of the, the re- master recordings that may have been lost in this fire. One, two, three o'clock, four o'clock, rock. Five, six, seven o'clock, eight o'clock, rock. Nine, ten, eleven o'clock, twelve o'clock, rock. We're going to rock around the clock tonight. Headlines. 
Okay, David, obviously mm. this, this music is not lost forever because there's copies and there are millions of, of records, of vinyl records pressed of, of this music, but we've lost a lot of these master tapes, these master recordings. What is a master recording and why are they important? So a master recording is the original piece of music, the, the track that's laid down in the studio, or the tracks rather, um, sort of if you think about the first generation, it's where the source is for all of those vinyl records, CDs, MP3s, and streaming sites, uh, it's where they get the, what ultimately lands in their hands. So these master recordings are sort of considered, they have a lot of data that you might not have on another piece, like your, your vinyl recording is, is like a second or third generation of that recording. But when, right. for example, the Beatles restored their albums, they went back to the masters to get that extra sound to create the new mixes. Um, without the master, you don't have all of that information, all of that, all of that sound. Right, and this boy, that's just tragic to think of so much. So many of these master recordings were were lost in this fire. David, why are we only finding out about this now? I mean, this fire happened eleven years ago, and now we we hear this shocking news uh, today on it. Well, some great reporting from the New York Times. They yeah. they uh, did some interviews with some people who worked at the space. Um, they unearthed some documents that were internally distributed between Universal executives. But the on the front lines, the the publicists and the spokespeople were sort of doing spin, kind of. Uh, I don't know if I want to say covering up, but definitely downplaying what happened here. And and today, the Universal has come out, Universal Music, and and sort of downplayed again what's in the New York Times report, pointing out that they believe some of it's erroneous, but they also didn't offer much in terms of detail. They, they disputed that some of these recordings were lost. They wouldn't say, say which ones weren't lost. Um, but one thing we didn't point out are the session masters, which are something that were stored in that space as well. And they're the recordings that uh, are sort of like the, the rough the rough start where musicians are, are performing and, and put down tracks that maybe haven't been released on an album. So one of the things when we're talking about the value of what was, what was lost there is that some of these songs haven't been commercially released. So potentially wow. there could have been an Elton John song that was recorded back in the 70s that we have no idea of that might have come out when, when Elton John passes someday, as, as many musicians do release those albums later yeah boy what a tragic tragic thought that is are we doing enough do you think david to preserve uh, these important artistic treasures i mean we're talking about you know i mean this is kind of the uh, sort of the cultural treasures of, of america or our culture here are we doing enough to protect mm -hmm. that well I, to me this points to some issues that Canadian labels should also be answering to, or at least considering. I'm not sure that executives at the labels, which have merged many times over over the past couple decades, I'm not sure that they're even aware of the huge musical heritage that they could potentially be losing, or that at least is sitting on a shelf um, and not in its proper form. Um, so I think in Canada, we need to start asking some questions about what our labels are doing to ensure that those recordings from Gordon Lightfoot and from yeah. even, you know, pop stars like Corey Hart, some of these master recordings are sitting inside uh, uh, museums across the country and not really in the state that perhaps they should be. And it hasn't been a topic that's been discussed all that much in Canada yet. Okay, maybe a timely wake-up call for sure. Fascinating story. David, thanks for coming on to talk about it today. Thank you.
I appreciate it a lot. That is David Friend. He's a Canadian press reporter. He covers pop culture for them.